You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Giants fans, and welcome to the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and today's show is coming to you on Tuesday, August 23rd. Please remember to uh, like and subscribe to our channel if you're watching us on YouTube, and if you're listening to us on Big Blue View Radio, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please, uh, you know, give us a rating, drop us a comment. Give us some feedback. We always appreciate your input, uh, Giants fans. So uh, so let's get right into uh, talking about your New York Giants, uh, who are now 2-0 and in the preseason, which obviously is a, is a meaningless overall record. It's nice to have two wins over the uh, New England Patriots and, and Cincinnati Bengals, but uh, in, the, in the long run, preseason victories really don't mean a whole lot. So, uh, so don't get all, all fired up and all, all ahead of yourself thinking that because the giants are winning preseason games against backups from other teams, that that automatically means that, uh, that the giants are going to have a good season. But, uh, I thought what I would do today at, uh, at bigblueview.com, a lot of times I do a column called, uh, Valentine's views offer, uh, some insight into, uh, into things. I think a little bit of, uh, of a Peter King style uh, thing that I do at, at big blue view. And I thought today uh, after the second preseason game, heading into uh, heading into a week when the giants will practice against the New York jets and then play the jets in their preseason finale. thought that I would uh, I would do sort of five things that I think here in, uh, in audio format. So, so let's get into that. First thing I think that that we need to talk about is the injury sustained Sunday night by Kayvon Thibodeau. Really, really unfortunate, but the Giants appear to uh, to be lucky here. Uh, sprained MCL for uh, Thibodeau. He'll be out for a few weeks. Some indications that he might be able to play in week one when the Giants open the season against the Tennessee Titans. If not, probably shortly thereafter. So the Giants have have avoided the the worst case scenario. They've avoided the torn ACL. They've avoided major damage uh, to uh, to Thibodeau's right knee, which is great great news for the Giants' uh, first round pick, uh, fifth overall guy who they're counting on to be a cornerstone of their defense, not only in 2022 but for several years to come. A lot of a uh, lot of of gnashing of teeth, 
lot of uh, of hatred sent toward uh, toward Thaddeus Moss, tight end for the Bengals after uh, after a cut block, which is what uh, which is the play that that Thibodeau got hurt on. And and listen, I cannot fault Thaddeus Moss. Brian Dable said Sunday night there was nothing wrong with the block that Moss that Moss put on Thibodeau said it was within the rules. It's in the tackle box said it's something that the giants tight ends will do as well. So you'll see the giants use that same block said that, you know, all NFL teams use this type of block. Some former players that, that that have chimed in on this have said that they don't have a problem with this either. The problem that, uh, that came about in this play was that Thibodeau did not do a good job defending himself. What I've seen, you know, people who really understand the technique of, of defensive line, defensive end play, what they're saying is that what you have to do in that situation, when they come to cut block you is you have to be very strong with your hands. You have to get your hands onto the shoulder pads, onto the helmet of that blocker and push that blocker, keep that blocker off of your legs. So that's something that, that Thibodeau will have to do a better job of going forward. But uh, overall, Giants just very, very fortunate that uh, that Thibodeau did not suffer a worse injury and that he'll be back at some point early in the season. So, so good news there. Second thing to talk about, is news that's not so good for sixth-round pick Darian Beavers, linebacker out of Cincinnati, guy who I had the pleasure of of speaking with on Friday out at Quest Diagnostics Training Center. Actually, I think I spoke to him on uh, on Thursday, but uh, had an opportunity to speak with Beavers, had an opportunity to also speak with, with fellow rookie linebacker Micah McFadden, but Beavers... As feared when he left the game Sunday night, Beavers has suffered a season-ending torn ACL, and that is really, really, really bad news for the Giants and for Beavers, who was really impressive during training camp. Guy who looked like he was pushing for a role on defense, and and no matter how much he had, he he played this year. He's playing the same position Blake Martinez was playing, so so maybe he wasn't going to play a whole lot. But a guy who who looks like he has a skill set that could be useful to the Giants going forward. Uh, Brian Dable said on Monday, you know, that the guy appears to have a bright future, or at least did have a bright future. You know, before the ACL injury, obviously, I'll have to see how he comes back from that in 2023 but really really unfortunate for beavers in a big hit to uh to the giants depth at the inside linebacker spot giants have had a lot of hits uh at the uh at, on the offensive line and, and let's hope that the beavers injury doesn't start a run on uh on injuries at the linebacker position as well but really unfortunate for darian beavers who as I said, looked like he could have been a player who would have helped the Giants a great deal in 2022. Let's just cross our fingers and hope that Beavers comes back good as new a year from now. He's able to resume 
and sort of pick up where he left off as a, as an impressive young player who looks like he could be part of the Giants' defense going forward. All right, third topic to uh, to talk about today. Third think I think is in re- thing I think is in regards to uh, to Daniel Jones, Giants quarterback, and uh, Jones had a really really good night on Sunday. Fourteen of sixteen, I think, was one hundred and sixteen yards passing. I think was was the total. Did throw one interception, a ball that glanced off the hands of Daniel Bellinger, and I know that that some people have said, oh, it wasn't a perfect throw. All I know is this. Maybe it wasn't in a perfect spot. Maybe it was in a tight window. But Daniel Bellinger, rookie tight end out of San Diego State, had two hands on that football. You cannot drop that football as a receiver in the NFL. You cannot allow that football to bounce up into the air in traffic. We saw that for years with Evan Ingram and I think every Giants fan had an Engram flashback when that interception occurred. That interception, to me, is entirely on the tight end. It's not on Daniel Jones. I know I've seen some people say, well, there was another receiver open. And, and maybe there was. But we don't know the progression. We don't know the pass route when you when you call a play when you're an NFL quarterback you have a limited amount of time to get the football into your hands get it out of your hands make your decisions you go one two three in terms of your progression my guess is Bellinger was his first read on that particular play he saw Bellinger with a window of opportunity to get the ball in there and he went ahead and threw the ball he didn't look elsewhere to see what else is, was available. I'd rather have him be decisive and make that throw than hesitate, wind up having to throw the ball away or take a sack or, or whatever. I had no problem with the throw. I had a problem with the result, and, and I thought that the receiver let him down in that instance. But the other thing that I wanted to talk about is it's interesting with Daniel Jones. Now, I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be a star quarterback for the New York Giants. I think odds are that this is Daniel Jones last year with the Giants. Odds are heavily stacked against him, in my view, in terms of his ability to prove to the Giants that he is their long-term answer at quarterback for the Joe Shane, Brian Dable regime, you know, as uh, as decision makers in New York. There's a 30-plus million dollar uh, franchise tag if the Giants decide to keep Jones next year and use the tag on him and and I just don't see it but that's not really what I wanted to talk about here what's interesting to me in terms of what we have seen so far this summer from Daniel Jones is we have seen a lot of ups and downs at practice we've seen some good days we've seen some hesitation we've seen some some off-target throws. We've seen days where he's gone 5 of 16, 6 of 19. You know, we've we've seen some ugly throws. Now, Brian Dable, offensive coordinator Mike Kafka, quarterbacks coach Shea Tierney have continually talked about process, process, process over results, and they've continually said that It's going to be harder in Jones 
or for Jones during practice. That is something they are trying to create difficult situations for Jones, difficult situations for the offense. They're not game planning against their own defense each day at practice. You take each play as it comes. They've said over and over they're mixing personnel. They're still trying certain schemes, trying certain pass routes, experimenting with groups, experimenting with with ways to run certain plays. So you may see things and things may happen in practices that might not happen in games because they're they're using practices to eliminate certain things or add certain things or figure out what Daniel Jones likes and doesn't like. And, and Brian Dable has said over and over that he wants Daniel Jones to be vocal with the coaching staff about what he likes and what he doesn't like. And he, he said the other day that he thinks that is still an ongoing process. He wants Jones to be even more vocal about what he wants to run and doesn't want to run behind the scenes as the Giants build this offense. But the point being that, for, to my eyes, the two times I have seen Daniel Jones be the most decisive this summer are in the two preseason games. And in those preseason games, I think what the Giants have done is limited the playbook a little bit, given Jones plays that he likes, plays that he wants to run, plays that that he feels that he's good at and feels good about. And and with those things, I think that that we've seen some good play from Daniel Jones. I think we've seen some encouraging play. He is not ever going to morph into Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. He's not going to be Justin Herbert. But I do find it interesting that I think Jones has been better in games than he has been in practice. Just something to keep in mind going forward, Giants fans, as you as training camp winds down and you you continue to read some practice reports, you continue to read about what happens during the joint practice this week with the New York Jets. The uh, the Giants are making this difficult. They're still working through things on offense. And I think the thing that, that you need to focus on is not the day-to-day, good day at practice, bad day at practice, ugly day at practice, great throw on this drive, lousy throw on the next drive. Look at the games, see what happens there, see what happens, see what it looks like week one, see what it looks like going through the season. That's what I think we all need to judge Daniel Jones on. It's what we need to judge the offense on. That's what we need to judge the Giants on, not the day-to-day what happened on, on this play in practice and that play in practice, because it's practice. It's it's designed to help guys get better, and hopefully that is what it's doing. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience? Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Giants fans. The the fourth thing I think that I want to talk about uh, today is the play of the offensive line. Tremendous work by an injury-ravaged offensive line down to its sixth or seventh centers on Sunday night uh, with a a makeshift group, guys moving all around the line. Uh, Devery Hamilton, who has spent most of his time playing tackle, starting at left guard. Max Garcia, who's maybe the sixth or seventh choice for the Giants at center, starting and playing the first half at center. Will Holden, a tackle by trade, coming into the game at left guard, playing the entire second half at center. First time in his career he'd ever done that. Center, first time he'd ever snapped, to my knowledge, was was on, on the Friday before the Sunday game. Had never done it before. It looked a little bit odd, left-handed uh, left-handed shotgun snaps from, from Will Holden. I, I don't remember seeing a, a left-handed snapping center, but it worked. I mean, with a with a couple of ugly snaps, but but the Giants got through it in the second half. Huge credit to Holden Hamilton, Roy Embateka, the uh, the big kid from Nigeria who's, who was playing in an in a, a football game for the second time in his life the other day. All of these, Chris Owens, guy that the Giants signed on Friday, who played really, really well, all things considered, on Sunday night, playing the entire second half at right guard. I think uh, pro football focus had Owens giving up one pass pressure in 30-some-odd pass-blocking snaps, which is just outstanding, considering that he probably barely knew barely knew the playbook enough to know what the Giants were running on on Sunday wanted to uh, to talk a little bit about Evan Neal guy who I wrote at Big Blue View on Sunday guy who I think has been receiving way too much criticism so far this summer especially from people who really haven't watched practice who maybe have read an article or two that he struggled on a given day or saw a tweet or two with with an image of him losing a rep. And you know what? Kayvon Thibodeau is a good player. You're going to lose reps to Kayvon Thibodeau sometimes. Aziz Ojolari is a good player. You're going to lose reps to Aziz Ojolari sometimes. Jihad Ward is a veteran NFL edge player. You're going to lose reps to him sometimes. Those things are going to happen. Rookies are going to make mistakes on occasion. Well, you know, Evan Neal has has said look I don't listen to the criticism I don't care about that stuff I just do my job I know I'm not perfect I want to get better Evan Neal was terrific on Sunday night If you look at the at the statistics the Giants ran behind the right side of that offensive line continually 
the uh, the pro football focus numbers, which I don't want to bore you with the exact numbers, but the PFF numbers showed that the Giants had an awful lot of success running behind Evan Neal and right guard Mark Glowinski. Something to uh, to keep in mind heading into the regular season. And the other thing was in 25 pass blocking snaps, Evan Neal allowed one pressure, one solitary pressure. The Giants overall got their quarterbacks hit three times in 54 dropbacks. Tremendous, tremendous job from a from an injury-ravaged makeshift group. And, and ultimately, for me, that is a, a great sign of great work by the coaching staff great work by offensive line coach bobby johnson assistant offensive line coach tony sperano jr terrific planning from dable and and mike kafka figuring out what they could do what they couldn't do how they could navigate through a game successfully run their offense successfully get through the game and uh just for me, really, really encouraging with Evan Neal and a really, really good sign for me that the Giants might just have the right offensive line coaches, the right offensive coaches in general to, to push this thing forward and, and finally get this offensive line fixed. I, I think it was what they did on Sunday night was just very, very, very impressive, and they deserve credit for it. All right, final thing, final thing uh, to talk about, final thing that I think uh, for this edition of the Valentine's Views podcast has to do with the wide receiver competition. And I want to focus on two guys in particular. The uh, the first half superstar from Sunday night, David Sills, and the second half superstar, Alex Bachman. And these guys are very similar in, in a couple of ways. Both guys have been with the Giants for, for maybe three years now. Both guys have spent most of their time on the practice squad, gotten very, very limited opportunities. I think Sills has played in maybe four games over three years. I think that uh, that Bachman has played in just a couple of games over three years. And in reference to Sills, I I have to wonder... You could tell when we got a chance to to talk to Sills in the locker room after Sunday night's game, and I I, I wonder, it, it sounded like there was some frustration from Sills with the prior coaching staff. And, and if you follow the Giants on a regular basis, you know, Sills, it seems, felt like, felt like he didn't get a real full opportunity from the Joe Judge, Jason Garrett coaching staff. And... Uh, the, th- the interesting thing about Sills is if you've if you followed his career at all, you know that ever since he's been with the Giants, he has really formed a bond with Daniel Jones. He follows Jones everywhere during the offseason. Whenever Jones wants to throw whatever state Jones is in, whether it's in New Jersey or North Carolina or Alabama or Texas, or wherever Jones happens to be, Sills makes sure he gets there. Whenever Jones wants to throw, whenever Jones wants to do extra work, Sills is there to do it with him. He's there to catch balls from Daniel Jones. And 
it's really interesting because you can see on the field, on some of the back shoulder throws, on some of the timing routes, you can see that Daniel Jones has trust in David Sills. And I wonder, and I wrote this at Big Blue View on Monday morning, I wonder if at some point you know, a coaching staff, this coaching staff that, that the Giants currently have, has to look at that and say, if this is all about finding out about Daniel Jones, if it's all about giving him the best weapons possible, if it's all about making him as comfortable as possible to see whether or not he is or is not our long-term answer, shouldn't you really be seriously considering taking a guy who he obviously has a lot of comfort with and, and getting him on the roster, giving Daniel Jones an opportunity to throw to him in games that matter. I don't know if Sills can make the roster, but I just wonder if that relationship, if that sort of chemistry between Jones and Sills is something that the Giants didn't lean into over the past couple of years and something that that would help them if they did lean into it in 2022. In terms of Alex Bachman, what a great night for Bachman Sunday night, 11 catches, 122 yards, two second-half touchdown catches, a nice punt return, a great uh, tackle on special teams, all of that with his parents in the stands. Bachman's another guy that's been... Uh, you know, been on the uh, on the practice squad for a couple of years now, um, and you you wonder if he's going to be able to get off that practice squad. You wonder if he's going to be able to make the fifty three man roster. I don't know. I don't know if there's roster space for for a guy like Bachman, but uh, but still a terrific night for uh, for him. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, again, he might be ticketed for the practice squad again. Don't know, but terrific night for him. He at least put himself in position to get more looks over the next couple of weeks before the Giants set this 53-man roster. All right, Giants fans, that's all I've got for you uh, in this edition of the podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please remember to uh, stay safe out there. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the phone? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.